This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. We have a great episode for you today. We have Daniel Johnson, the founder and CEO of Rev Coffee Roasters. Uh, in the, on the podcast today, so we're going to be talking with him about the the company, how it started, and ultimately where it's going, and all that in between. So I want to get started and just kind of have you tell me about yourself and kind of give me the the, the Nathaniel that nobody knows about, at least far as like entrepreneurial basis goes. Like, where are you from? Uh, where did you grow up? How, like, kind of give me the the baseline of who Nathaniel is before the Nathaniel that everybody knows now in uh, business. Uh, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Oh, um, good, good. Uh, so I, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are no, you you're good. Right. No, you're good. Um, so <clears throat> I'm from uh, Eunice, a uh, very small town. Um, I'm pretty sure at the time it was a little bit bigger than what it is now. Um. But uh, about eleven thousand uh, people in Eunice. Uh, I grew up in a very uh, the, the countryside of Eunice. Um, we, we call it the Old Mamu Water Tower, which is my neighborhood. Oh, uh, is that is that that's not the Timamu Trump Tower, right? Actually, it it is now that. Yep. Oh, is, is it Timamu? Is that my, that might be the one in Ville Because I think there's the word Trump on it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I feel like that one did. Uh, that someone put that up there too on that one. Maybe it's not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So um, you you grew up in that area. I grew up in that area. Yeah. yeah. Um, Next to uh, what is that? The uh, what's that water? That RV park, uh, Lakeview. Lakeview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which wasn't there at the time, so it would have been nice when I was growing up. Right. But uh, but yeah. Um, I grew up in a little t- um a little community there and and in, in the country and you know um, you know so I was very much a country boy. Uh, getting to you know. Uh, the woods and, you know, going in the ditches and, you know, mud riding with my bikes and hanging out with my friends that lived in the neighborhood as well. And, you know, we always had like, uh, uh, we had like little clubhouses, you know, set up all over the uh, neighborhood and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And so, uh, so I grew up in Eunice, um, uh, and, uh, started to get really involved in like, you know, music scene, and uh and and uh skateboarding at the time and um and i was involved in uh, my church as well uh growing up so i was also involved in a lot of sports um so i love sports so i did kind of a little bit of everything you know really to be honest um so yeah i was i was i was as active as you can possibly be so you're a musician too yep what do you play uh guitar bass okay okay Good instruments. I can't play those to save my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love drums. Yeah. I love drums. Yeah, I can play a little bit um, uh, of drums, but not too much. And I, I can play a little piano, but um, it's been a while. Uh, but I tried to kind of dabble in, in yeah. every little instrument. So, so, yeah. so growing up in Eunice as uh, a little self-proclaimed country boy playing <laughs> in the ditches and, you know, doing everything that a normal country boy in, the, in Louisiana would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I grew up doing this pretty much the same thing. We rewrote our bikes. We'd go in the woods. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised we're still living, yeah. you know, with some of the stuff we've done. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about 
going going from oh, somebody was uh, standing by the window. Uh, tell me a little bit about going from you know small town country boy to becoming a a business owner. Kind of did you did you have aspirations in high school to become a business owner? Like what was your your planned outlook for life in high school? You know, and kind of coming out of that. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 so my dad's dad was a business owner. Um, he owned Johnson's Grocery Store um, in Eunice. So it did food and sausage, and they had a. a Wait, is that related to Johnson's Buccaneer? Yes. Okay. So my wow. uncle Wallace, the older gentleman, that's you know cutting up the boudin. That's that's uh, my family. Um, wow, yeah, my, that's my, good my, to know. My, uh, wow, my grandpa's uh, brother. Um, so, yeah, so, um, so I, you know, I guess I kind of had that, you know, in the back of my mind, but never really, you know, wanted to open a business really. And then my dad opened up a cabinet shop. In fact, growing up, uh, my dad started his cabinet shop, um, with his business partner, uh, and his actually son, um, is really one of my best friends. Um, but the cabinet shop started in our, our yard, basically in our back of our yard. And so, um, but I guess I was just around that. I saw my dad working a lot. Um, but uh, but when I was in high school, I had the idea actually to open up a coffee shop in Eunice because I would go, you know, hang out at coffee shops and stuff like that. I was around the same time, you know, when I was skateboarding and playing music. And, um, and I think we even played at a couple of coffee shops. Uh, actually, what, it was what, internet cafes is what they were uh, called. Uh, they actually had internet cafes back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what year was this? This was, oh my God. Um, Had to be like 2000 something, right? 2004 (laughs) maybe? Yeah, it was, it was definitely before 2003. Okay. So, um, because I graduated in 2003. Um, So it had to be, yeah, like in in 1999, you know. Internet cafes in Eunice? Wasn't in Eunice though. Okay. No, it was when we, we actually toured. So, okay, got it. So I was really heavily involved during in high school with playing music. We toured a lot. So um, you traveled out. I traveled. Oh yeah. And that's what actually what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a musician for the rest of my life. That's that was what my aspirations were. And uh, I would bring my skateboard when we would go touring. So we would I would skate at certain areas and stuff like that too. So, you know, uh, of course I was totally on board with being a professional skateboarder as well. But um, so anything in that that realm I was really all about. But I did have the idea of opening up a coffee shop in Eunice because uh, I you know maybe it was a little selfish of me but I wanted I wanted to be able to go to a cafe you know and have a place to go in Eunice you know because there, there was wasn't really a place in Eunice like that no no coffee shop at all no coffee shop at all I mean, there's really nothing to do in Eunice which is probably why I was involved with so many different things I mean playing play music all the time we we skateboarded all the time we uh, played sports and uh, just did everything active I can possibly do. So the only experiences really that I have with Eunice besides, you know, uh, family members living pretty close by there. Cause I grew up in Pine Prairie, Turkey Creek. So not mm. far away from Eunice not far and, away. uh, coming of age, you know, where I can drive, I was big into the low riders trucks and all that good stuff. And Eunice surprisingly had a pretty decent low rider truck scene. Mm-hmm. They had a car show there and everything. And so I was big into that. And so, I had a couple of friends in Eunice, and we would go hang out. I think it was, at the time it was Winn Dixie parking lot, and of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and then I think there was other. Uh, it's always parking lots, and then Sonic. I don't know why Sonic is a big hangout yeah. for like car people, but yeah. even in Lafayette. So yeah, um, 
so going back, no, there is no coffee shops in Eunice, and you thought it'd be cool to have a coffee shop where you can hang out, do work or schoolwork or just, you know, just hang out with your friends there. Yeah, play music was a big thing for me, so I wanted to have a place to, you know, play music as well and have other, uh, other you know, bands and that were around the area have a, also have a place. So I was really, I wanted to offer something to Eunice because a lot of my friends, um, you know, you know, we're leaving Eunice and, you know, a lot of things that we would say, it's like, oh, we have, Eunice has nothing to offer or whatever. And so my philosophy was I wanted to offer something to Eunice instead of, you know, just, you know, you know, leaving. And so I wanted to provide <coughs> something. So I basically saw a need and, and I wanted to meet that need. And um, uh, so, yeah, so that was a lot to do with the driving force of me opening up a, up a shop. Okay. I want to dive in a little bit more onto that part, but I'm going to mention my sponsors real quick. Yep. Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson, who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate. The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app, The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an iPad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on Apple products. So with that, check out their stores. They got two locations in Acadiana, one next to Buffalo Wild Wings off of Ambassador in Lafayette, and at their new location in Karen Crow next to Super One Foods. You can check them out at theorchardstores.com or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. All right. So Nathaniel, we, 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 we established that you would love to see a coffee shop in Eunice, but where were you in your, in your young journey trying to figure out who you were and where you wanted to go in life up until when you founded the the coffee shop that you have in Eunice? Because you founded one. So I, w- I want to kind of you tell us kind of what happened from, I guess, wanting to see a coffee shop to actually seeing one. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, uh, like I said, in, in high school, you know, I would – I like coffee shops so much that I would, you know, drive to Lafayette to, 
go sit at a coffee shop and study and, and you know, and, and hang out with my friends and stuff like that because, you know, it's, it's kind of what we did um, as well. What coffee shop's in Lafayette? Uh, this is going to this is gonna burn me. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so... Do you, do you want to avoid the names? That's no, fine. no, no, I don't, I don't, that's, that's fine. We're, we're, we're all, we're, we're all, were once there. Uh, yeah. um, no. Uh, so I, I would go to, um, Barnes and Noble's big. Um, so I go to Starbucks yep. and Barnes and Noble. That was a, uh, one of my I mean, a bookstore. Spots. Yeah. It's yeah. A great yeah. Spot. And then, um, I would go to CC's and, but my, I think my first, like first love in the coffee was, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but coffee beanery. Oh Yeah. Coffee Beanery was was my jam. That was my favorite shop. Uh, they had this uh, uh, drink called the Caramel Chiller, um, and that's the drink I would always get when I go to the mall. And then they opened up their uh, store off, off outside of the mall, and then that's the one I would go to on a more regular basis. Um, and uh, uh, but it's no longer in existence. But it's kind of funny because there's a, a weird evolution in that too. Because I'm pretty sure the store that I would go to the guy that was working and managing it ended up being and working with me at Mosaic. So the first shop that I loved coffee with is he ended up, we ended up working together in coffee. So it's kind of an interesting situation. Wow. But yeah. But, uh, um, so, um, yeah. So basically I, you know, wanted to do music. That's really what I wanted to do. Um, uh, and when I graduated, uh, high school, um, I took uh, like a semester off. I just worked the summer, and then the first semester, first fall semester, I just worked and worked with my dad's shop, building cabinets and um, doing kind of that construction work kind of situation, building houses and stuff. Um, and still had a desire to open up a coffee shop, but I really want to do music. But okay. when I realized that music probably wasn't in the cards, um, one of the main lead singers ended up leaving the band. And so then it just kind of started to fall apart yeah. at that point. And it was that whole, the whole thing. Uh, so af after that, I, I remember studying actually in my room uh, in college and I actually went to school for business. Um, so I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to college for anything, I'm, I'm going to go for business. Cause I mean, that's going to be my fallback plan was opening up a business. Yeah, and it seems so, to make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it was seemed more practical and we were, you know, doing merch and I was kind of part of the, merch organizing and money situation of that band a little bit. And, uh, and so when, uh, you know, when, when the band kind of started to dissipate and, and, you know, uh, started getting more involved in, in college and business and stuff and reading more books, I was studying in my house and I remember kind of a pivotal point I was studying and then my sister and her kids were at the house and, uh, they were like yelling and screaming and they were actually living at the <laughs> house at the time. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I need a place to study. Like this is, this is not, this is not conducive for, you know, a uh, study environment. And, right. you know, so that was like, all right, I got to do it. I got to open up a coffee shop for, you know, so I don't want anyone having to um, not have a place. So, so yeah, so that was kind of, I guess the, the whole process in a nutshell. It was, it was kind of tough because I mean, I didn't really foresee me doing this, to be honest. I didn't really, I, it was always kind of like this, like, idea in, the, in my head, but, you know, it was really music. But when that became not a reality, it, it this was like my fallback kind of plan. So my, my future, so to speak, was not, was kind of uh, not what I thought it would be. But, you know, obviously it turned out 
you know, yeah, the way it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Okay. So, so you founded the first coffee shop 15 years ago, correct? Yes. And did you say the name of it, Coffee? Uh, Cafe Mosaic. Ca- Cafe Mosaic. Uh, actually, somebody just commented, a uh, Tristan Barden, a love Cafe Mosaic. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. So, so what was the the, I guess the, the idea behind Cafe Mosaic? What was the the aesthetic like? What was the the brand feel? I guess initially with that with that coffee shop because it's still in business. Yeah, yeah, it is, and um, very grateful for that. Um, never would have uh, thought I would be here, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, honestly, I didn't really know anything about running a business. The only kind of background I had was construction work. I didn't even work in the customer service business. I never had that type of job. Um, so this was all new in every aspect. I'm pretty sure even when I started Mosaic, I don't even know if I knew how to balance a checkbook. Uh, I think I was pretty <laughs> pretty green to to all of it. But uh, but yeah, so I. The concept, actually, Cafe Mosaic was a name that my friend and I came up with because uh, my good friend Luke, shout out, um, we, we play music together as well. But uh, when we grew up together, his actually his dad and my dad are business partners. So that's, you know, we, he would come to the house when, you know, when uh, after school and stuff like that and we would hang out. Um, but um, so we had actually the name of Cafe Mosaic. And the idea was that Mosaic was, you know, an art piece because we're also, also we're uh, like to draw and stuff like that as well. But, um, you know, it was a collective of different pieces making this beautiful art, right? It's like, you know, you have all these different shapes and sizes and colors and everything like that that can make this art piece. And, and so the way that we looked at coffee shops, the way I looked at coffee shops is <coughs> it's a collective people from all over, all walks of life kind of come together sharing um, over, you know, a cup of coffee, you know. So it was a great equalizer. It's a great bridge. You know, it was that third place kind of thing. And so Cafe Mosaic just kind of stuck with me. And then we actually found a building downtown. We looked for a while, and uh, I remember sitting in my office. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I remember sitting in the office with my dad uh, working, uh, building cabinets, um, and I was like, I want to do this. And my parents were so great and supportive. They were like, okay. This is what you want to do, and I was like, I'm gonna have to quit college. Oh. Okay, like okay, this is um, and they were actually it was surprisingly how quickly they were okay with it, and when they were like, all right, this is what you, this is what you want to do, all right, let's let's do it. But that's you know, good make them. Yeah, and it was a it was a great um, it was a great moment because I remember how uh, real that experience was and how uh, supportive they were um, of that and. Um, that idea. And so, um, so yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of successful when we started looking at buildings and then we found this building downtown and it had mosaic floors. And we have been looking for a while at this point. My dad and my mom were with me. I was 20, 20 at the time. And that's uh, young. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, it, and so when we found this building it was an old historical building, it needed a lot of work. Uh, the roof leaked and it was just a shell of a building. There was hardly anything to it. But when we saw the floors, we were like, okay, mosaic floors. All right. This is, uh, this might be a sign. It's different too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, might be a sign. So, um, and so we, you know, thought about it and, and, and then, you know, made the decision to, uh, purchase that building. Um, 
that historical building was like a hundred year old building and uh yeah so it would almost seem like a sign with the that's why we kept cafe mosaic as my my uh first store and stuff like that so um a lot to do with the floors actually and yeah. you know but in the concept so i didn't really have a concept except other than like i want a place for people to come together i want have a great product and uh, i want to create something for Eunice was was the goal yeah okay so now that you have Cafe Mosaic up and running. What, how did you like become a coffee? I guess I don't want to say expert, but how did you educate yourself with the, with the flavors of coffee and how coffee tastes with, you know, different florals and, you know, a whole thing that, that coffee can taste like so many different things, especially where it's grown. Um, did you, did you, source your coffee yourself back in the day or did you uh like my guess most business owners that are just getting started just found someone local and said hey we can use your coffee like a lot of people just say hey i'm gonna use community coffee or i'll use uh starbucks or whatever and they'll you know either white label it or they'll just say hey it's it's coffee by so and so uh i think in lafayette now especially a lot of your local shops, a lot of people say, oh, I, we use Rev coffee, which is great. We'll, we'll get to that point in a second. But how did you figure out what type of coffee brand you were going to serve? Because I don't think you were in it to start a, a an eclectic coffee shop. I think you just wanted a place to hang out. So what was the thought process behind that? Uh, so, I mean, at the time, um, you know, the, the bigger names, which is still – name obviously but uh we just went with the most common name which was uh, community at the time yeah and all your old uh, guys say oh yeah, yeah community is yeah. my coffee yeah, that's right <laughs> that's right and you know uh, you know it's, and it's nothing wrong with that and and you know that's was the coffee that i used in the beginning um right. so uh so i didn't do a lot of sourcing i didn't really know you know the world of, of coffee really um it was actually the first time I learned how to make coffee was in my coffee shop. I didn't really know how to do. I'm guessing your first stuff. few cups were not good. No, they were not, <laughs> they were not great. Um, even, you know, when I used to make just regular drip coffee way back, you know, with my dad at the house, it was never very good either. So, uh, but yeah, so this, the science and the, the, all the stuff behind it. No, I didn't, I didn't know a lot. I just, I just wanted to create a space. Okay. So after Cafe Mosaic, did you get, the bug, like to, to open up another location. Like mm-hmm. what, what happened after you opened Cafe Mosaic and it, and you started seeing success out of it? Like, I don't know what success looks like in Eunice, mm. but like, how does that, how does that lead up to you expanding into Lafayette? Um, so, uh, well, you know, for me, um, when I started Mosaic, uh, one of the things that we worked, I mean, tirelessly every day to um, build that place up because we, I worked, did all the work myself, you know, in that um, building because, like I said, it was the roof leaked and stuff like that. So I poured my heart and soul into it, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, that's in a literal, I mean, I don't mean by that figure, I mean <laughs> literal. Um, and I was working crazy hours trying to get that thing working. I mean, after Thanksgiving, I remember, you know, even during the holidays and Thanksgiving, I was would eat and then I was like, all right, I'm going to the shop to work. To, to, to work on it, to fix it up, to get it open. It took me about six months working on it every day. So for me, this was like the, this was it. I wasn't planning on opening up any more stores. I didn't really know 
how to open up any more stores. I didn't even have a bug per se. I remember actually someone asking me, hey, you plan on opening up in Lafayette? And my my exact words words were, um, I can't hang with the big boys. I was like, I'm 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 good. I was like, I'm good here. Uh, so that's that was, hilarious. Yeah. So that was my exact words. I can't hang with the big boys. Um, so yeah, I never had, never had a plan to, to come to Lafayette. Okay. So how long did you run Cafe Mosaic as a single operation? Um. So I. Actually, it's crazy because so the f- in the first year, which I was working, I mean, crazy hours, you know, which I tell this story a lot. And it's only relevant in a, in the sense that, like, you know, I was all in. You know, I it opened the business and, and I, you know, will, I did whatever it, it took to, to, to be open. So I was there from open. I was there to close. So close to 17 hours a day, every single day. Um, and, uh, I actually was approached by the hospital, um, in Eunice to open up a kiosk. So I actually opened up a kiosk second location in less than a year. Um, you know, which was just a kiosk. It was a great deal. And I I thought, okay, this is great. This is awesome. Um, and a kiosk, I mean, that's kind of a simple expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. Kind of, you know, see what that's like, you know, and, um, you know, in the first year, you know, it's always there's some ups and downs. It's kind of discouraging in, in a lot of ways, but you know, because you know, sales wasn't that great, and so the second location, I thought, okay, well, you know, it's gonna get build up a brand. Because I remember one story told to me when Subway first opened up, like the first store, they were about to shut down, and one of his advisors said, "Hey, open up a second location," you know, and he was like, "Well, I'm not barely making it in the first one," and he said, "No, just." Just do it, and so when you open the second location, that brand recognition kind of like, oh, these must be doing well. So that was kind of my same philosophy, and and so when I opened it up, man, it did not do well at all. <laughs> uh, it did well for like the first week, and then it just plummet. plummet so you're talking it. about the location, the yeah, kiosk, yeah, kiosk. Why? What do you think it didn't perform? Um, I think the coffee culture wasn't there, okay. and I think the, um, I think so many people were prone to getting free coffee oh, in the hospital. Oh, yeah. So people didn't want to pay. I mean, no one wanted to pay. They come to me, it's not free. I'm like, no. And they're like, they're turn, turn away and walk away. And I, I mean, we were making like $10 a day, $15 a day. at the. Wow. It was bad. It was really bad. In fact, it was so bad that it actually almost tanked my other business, the, the main location on downtown. So it was, it was very close to closing down. So I had to shut that second location you know, down and just kind of focus on the store. And that was very humbling uh, experience yeah. because, you know, it, it was it was really tough because I had to do a lot of things in my business that I wasn't wanting or really wasn't really willing to do. Um, and, you know, in business, you really got to, you got to make adjustments. You got to, you have to um, always quote um, Bruce Lee, you got to be like water. You got to, you know, be a, it'll be a cup. The water will become the cup, or water will roll over rocks. So, like in business, so you got to be versatile in your your dynamic. So you can't just be, uh, you know, two dimensional. Um, and and that was that was a hard pill for me to swallow. Yeah, um, a lot of people in business, if you're not thick skinned, because you got to be, you got to have a thick skin in business, mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning. Um, that that could have easily discouraged you and caused your initial cafe mosaic location to struggle even more. Yeah. Well, and it did, it, it did struggle really, um, you know, a lot. And 
very close to failing. Um, you know, luckily I had, uh, you know, I wasn't able to really pay any of my bills and, and do anything like that. It was, it was a really, really tough time. So I had to work even more hours and, cause I went back to kind of like working normal hours when I opened the kiosk, I was only working like 40 hours and then obviously doing business work outside of the barista hours I was doing, but I had to go back to working, you know, 80 hours, you know, plus, uh, behind the bar and to bring it back up. So I had to cut labor a whole lot and do a lot of things to get us out of the, the hole that we were in. So it was tough and not getting a single dollar, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, man, it, it's just, it's just so crazy to see where you are today and what, you're talking about kind of leading up to today. So we're working our way there, but okay. So now, now that your second location, the kiosk failed and you're having to focus on cafe mosaic. At what point did you decide to expand yourself in, in coffee? And cause I don't think you had a second coffee shop yet. Yeah. I think I think the next step for you, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, was Rev Coffee Roasters, correct? Uh, no, there was this one right before that. Okay, what was that? Uh, so I actually um, uh, helped start up uh, uh, John Street Java. Um, so okay. that's uh, – I was asked to help open up that store um, before it opened up, and that's what led me to Lafayette. I was actually approached – in fact, actually, Community Coffee – um, told them to come talk to me. And at, at the time, there wasn't, if there were local coffee shops opening up around Louisiana, uh, there weren't very many. And, uh, and we were actually, anytime someone would want to open up, the community would just send them over to me a lot of times um, to ask about, you know, how to start one up and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, but. That says a lot. That says a lot that community just can be like, hey, talk to this guy. Yeah, I think that, I think part of maybe, Partly because of that, maybe they just didn't want to, you know, do it themselves, <laughs> do it themselves yeah. or, you know, didn't have the time or, or whatever. Uh, so, and it's not like I knew a lot. I mean, I just really didn't. Um, I, I still don't know, you know, a whole lot, but I'm, I'm learning. And, and um, but yeah, so that's kind of what led me to, to Lafayette. So that approach, and then I thought about it and, um, you know, prayed about it. And, and then I ended up moving um, to Lafayette to help start it. So that's what. Got me into so Johnston Street Java, mm -hmm. which is still in business today, correct? Yes. Right in front of uh, the Grand Theater. Yeah. Okay. And you, having said that you can't hang with the big boys mm -hmm. in your initial start of business mm -hmm. and people asking you to expand to Lafayette, when did you, like, at what point did you feel like, okay, maybe I can hang a little bit? Because starting, helping start another coffee shop you had to at least have felt experienced enough, especially if you have community saying, hey, talk to this guy. Yeah, I think – so Mosaic wasn't doing very well, actually, and it, it took a long time for it actually to do very well. So for for me, I had – I had the thing I didn't realize I had was, was drive um, and the want. Uh, and one of the uh, quotes that I, I really like um, – Steve Jobs, it says, um, the difference between successful and unsuccessful is pure perseverance. And I, I, I honestly think that's the biggest 
thing for, for me was perseverance. I don't think I really had a lot of knowledge. I don't think I really had a lot of understanding on how to actually run a business. I don't think I did. I, I, I think it was just I was willing to work and work hard. And that's the biggest thing for me because I don't think I had this wealth of knowledge, but I knew that I can work hard. And, um, and I was willing to put in whatever it takes, no matter what. And the blood so, and sweat and yeah, tears. Yeah. All of it. And so, cause Mosaic was doing poorly. I mean, it wasn't doing very well and it wasn't, you know, you know, wasn't, uh, in the hole or anything like that, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. I didn't expect to continue to struggle after three years, you know, where we were. And, and so having this opportunity, I was like, okay, well maybe I can, uh, you know, learn more and grow more and, and so challenge myself. And I actually thought that I would be a better manager than a better owner. <clears throat> That's one wow. reason why I took it. Wow. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I've ever told many people that part of it, but that's what it was. I wanted to be, I was like, okay, well, I'm not obviously not good of an owner because my business isn't growing. So let me be, I was like, I, I must be a better manager. Let me, let me just see what this is like. So that was kind of part of the, the drive for me was to see if I, if it, if, idea was true you thought you might be a better fit as a manager rather than an owner yeah because there's definitely a difference just because you're you know just because you know you're working in the business doesn't mean you you're meant to be the manager just because you're meant to be a manager doesn't mean you're meant to be an owner or you know whatever there's 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 segments of what our strengths are and so or at least i i I believe uh, or you know maybe i'm wrong but um but for me, I was like, okay, well, obviously, if my business isn't doing well and I failed one business, it must be must be need to be a manager. So that was kind of my yeah thing. So okay, so you've entered into the Lafayette market via Johnson Street Java, and to all accounts, you're managing that place. Kind of, you're trying to still discover your your path in life, your 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 I guess your destination in in the business. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you, you obviously you're in this industry now, you're 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 kind of starting a business already. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at Johnson Street Java, what happened after that? Did did you realize that you do want to be an owner, or did you like at what point did I'm trying to get to the nexus yeah, of sure, sure. Rev? Yeah. How did Rev start after you entered into the Lafayette market? Yeah, I guess we can we can fast forward a little bit uh, on that. But uh, so basically, um, I, this was when I was first introduced to Specialty Coffee. The company that we ended up picking the coffee um, for was uh, was really into specialty coffee, and that's what was kind of brought me into this whole new world because it was a whole different. I never knew this type of world of, of coffee, so it really opened my eyes, um, and. Uh, I, after, you know, running my store, overseeing my store, and then running this store, I, I, that's when I started getting the drive of having more locations. I, I started getting the, the, the drive and, and to say, okay, I want to, I want to have more stores. Like I just had the itch to have more and more stores. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this coffee thing, then I'm gonna dive into it, and that's when I started to train and get certified with the SCA, which is especially Coffee Association, which is the largest uh, coffee organization in the world. And that's when I learned how to roast, and that's when I learned how to be certified as a barista and so on. And I really started getting heavy uh, into that part of the the, the world, and, th- and that really soon shot me forward. So um, then we then I left, and then started. Uh, I was like, okay, I want to do roasting. So what I want to do, I want to do consulting. I want to open up more stores. 
And so we opened up the, the roaster. And then my uh, good friend, uh, Chris, uh, was actually working with me at the other store and said, hey, I would love to. And the other store being Johnson Street yeah. Java. Okay. And then uh, then he wanted to uh, be a part of it. And so um, I told him if he st- you know works with me, then we'll make him a business, uh, make him a partner. And then I did. Um, and so we, uh, yeah, so we started, started Rev. Okay. So Rev... Coffee Roasters is a, is the, the the business name correct? Yeah, started out as a roasting company, and I'm guessing, and you can you can tell me a little bit more, dive into a little bit more, is that you wanted to be a source for all of these specialty coffee shops in the area initially. Yeah, because you know you don't go into roasting coffee if you don't have the the thought process of wholesaling the coffee. Right. So at that point, did did you did the bug hit that you wanted to have more coffee shops, or did you, or, or was your business focus at that point into helping coffee shops that are in existence or about to start get a good start with good coffee? Um, so, so basically, um, for us was just strictly wholesale, like you you're saying, um, and. We wanted to have, uh, you know, the quality. We wanted to source right beans. We wanted to, um, you know, create a product and an avenue for people to learn more about the industry and be that kind of outlet. Um, for me, it was, it was kind of to, for me, it was like a no brainer because I had a shop that was started to do actually started to do well after I had no longer was working in it. Wow, uh, that's that. that. Uh, Gosh. Yeah, yeah. So that's when it started to kind of grow. Actually, you had great people in place. I did. I really, really did. In fact, the manager that was managing um, Alan, uh, is, is he's been with me for almost the entire my entire business career, and he was he's amazing. Um, and still still works with us today. Um, and uh, so yeah, so it started to do a lot better, and and we you know. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I have my shop. I wanted to roast, and I wanted to be kind of behind the scenes and, and consult and stuff like that. And um, but then I realized that no one cared who we were. You know, it was kind of like um, you're either you're either the the red and green giant, or you're you know a West Coast uh, you know roaster. Like they they wouldn't. You know, if you were a Louisiana roaster and you were outside of the red and green bean CCs and Starbucks, yeah, then you didn't really know what you were doing. So we're gonna go with the people that we think know what they're doing, which is like the West Coast or whatever. So we had a hard like, you know, uh, start uh, start. Yeah, yeah, we really did. It was very very tough. I'm pretty sure my first account was um, we were like literally knocking on doors. I was doing you know Chris was roasting and I was doing sales and book work and all that stuff like that, and we were like knocking on doors and. Hey, you want to buy this coffee? I'm like, oh, okay, who are you? Like, I'm not going to go with you, you know, whatever. And uh, so that's what made us want to open up our, start opening up more brick and mortar stores. And I had the, the itch for it too, but um, I think our first store is actually uh, Great Harvest in Lafayette. Oh, wow. First, Off of uh, College Saloon? Yep. That was, our, I think, our first store, that first wholesale besides my own shop, um, which that was an interesting switch too um from from community to (laughs) our right uh, our coffee um but uh but yeah so i don't know why it's so taboo but it is um 
but yeah, so we 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 started to we, then we made a brick and mortar store or at least a storefront, and then that kind of created a brand awareness, and then that's what made me start opening up more stores from that point. Okay, on. so you mentioned storefront. Your storefront was, in, I think, initially located off of Pinhook, correct? Mm-hmm. And it was a it, it was in a house that's no longer there. I think there's a hotel. I think it's La Quinta uh, Hotel now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a uh, like a like a like a house. And so you guys got started there, and you were there for what maybe a yearish, two years, two years, yeah, two years, I think. And then and then all of a sudden, breaking news happens <laughs> that Rev Coffee Roasters buys a location in downtown Lafayette. Right on the corner of Cypress and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And like everybody erupts, like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I think at that point, that's when you guys really became like like someone being looked at. Like, okay, yeah. who is Rev? Yeah. And obviously it looks like a local like a local group, but like who are, who are these guys? And like what what makes them think that they just go straight into downtown Lafayette, which is uh, it, I don't know if at the time then was a was a goal for people, but now like being in downtown Lafayette is becoming a place that people want to be mm-hmm. because of all the work, you know, 20, 25 years in the making mm-hmm. to make Lafayette, downtown Lafayette, what it is. So like what 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 happened to your business once you guys announced that you're opening up a a true coffee shop outside of Cafe Mosaic, outside of the Roasters, in downtown Lafayette, which is, you know, a, a magnifying glass, uh, I guess, of sorts. Uh, so, like, what, what made us want to? What made you want to do that? And, like, what was the what was the feeling of the company? Like, what happened to the company after that point? So, it was kind of a, it was kind of a weird storm. So, we were at that... At that particular location off of Pinnock, which we dubbed it the uh, Bermuda Triangle uh, of Lafayette because it was such a hard place to get in and out. And it was just yeah, a weird it still spot. is. Too. Yeah, it still, it still is. And so, I mean, I knew that going into it. And, um, but, but you were a roaster, so you didn't yeah, think didn't, that you were going to have walk-in traffic. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't really banking on that at all, actually. Um, well, so <clears throat> we that pa- place went up for sale. And we thought, okay, no one's going to buy this and keep these buildings. It's just not going to happen. And around almost exactly around that time, um, uh, uh, I was approached about that the building downtown. And no, at, at that point, if I remember correctly, no, there wasn't a lot of buzz around downtown. I mean, mostly the businesses that were opening up were like clubs and bars and stuff like that. It wasn't a whole lot of restaurants and it wasn't, you know, what it is today, which is, it's awesome to see, you know, what it is. And I, I've always had a love for downtowns because that's where I started. Yeah. I, at the heart, you know, it's the heart of the city, you know. And um, so Greg Walls, um, you know, contacted me um, on, you know, via email and, and said, hey, I got, got a perfect space for you. It's like, okay. So I went, take a look. And <laughs> so I walked the space and I was like, all right, this is it. This is the spot. <laughs> And this was on the side of downtown that no one really wanted to, uh, you know, be on. Yeah. Most of, the, I mean, and that's pretty normal, right? It always starts at one area and it starts to kind of move along, right? So right. we were just on the area that was the, the wave wasn't there yet, and so, but I love the building and I love being downtown and I just 
uh, you know, uh, it just that's what I wanted. But um, at the time, we just leased it. But I remember thinking, okay, um, uh, let's let's do this, but let's do it right. Like I want people when they walk in to feel like they're like, wow, I can't believe this is in Lafayette. I wanted to make it kind of an explosive, you know, kind of um, uh, statement. And so, th- and we actually didn't know where the money was going to come from. We actually signed a lease. I don't even think Greg knows this. Uh, I signed a lease, you know, not knowing where <laughs> I'm exposing all kind of stuff, um, uh, you know, that we were going to be able to do afford the project. And But we were able to get, you know, the financing and stuff like that to do so. And, and, and we you took a leap of faith. I took a leap of faith. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm going to sign this thing because I want it and hopefully <laughs> I can get it, you know. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was kind of explosive and I was super grateful for the, the response that Lafayette did and, uh, the support that downtown, um, was doing for us. It was, it was quite remarkable. I remember, I remember when all that news broke out, actually, uh, it, it took me a while to try to figure out how to get connected with you. And I think uh, a lot of help came from Greg Walls because he approached me. Uh, to, to let me know about it too because he had been following the page and I, I knew I was like okay I've seen Rev Coffee Roasters before off of Pinhook I, I've seen it but I didn't know like what it was besides a roasting company I did I, I didn't think it was a coffee shop and then when the news came out that you guys were opening up a location and I I you know you were so like the company in all respects was new to people and I'm like, I don't know who they are. I don't know what type of coffee they have. It, they, they are a roasting company, so it sounds good. Um, and then so I, I, I get connected with you, and I go look at the downtown space, and you're telling me about it. And I remember just being really excited, and I wasn't sure what I was excited for yet. I was like, it sounds cool, whatever it is. Like the, 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 the thought process behind what you were telling me, I was like, okay, I think downtown's going to love it. But I was like, thinking to myself, there's nobody on this side of town. Like, there's an office building right here. Uh, there's an empty space right across the street that's been empty for what looks like 20 years. Uh, and I was like, there's not much. I mean, there's bars. Like, what kind of crowd is he, like, going to grab? Mm. And so I wrote about it. I don't even know if it was a post that did well. I, I'd have to go back and look. But to, 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 to look at it today, it is by far – if you were to ask anybody that lives here at least, you know, a couple of years, maybe five years, where they go to, to have like a business meeting or what coffee shop do they like, they'd be hard pressed not to say Rev. Mm-hmm. And it just so it just so happens that in your beginning, you said you couldn't hang hang with, with the big boys. Mm-hmm. And I know you're 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 a humble guy, I, I can tell, but like I'm letting you know, like you are the big guy in town. Mm-hmm. Like when, when somebody wants to open up a coffee shop, they're like, okay, I'm looking at what Rev's doing. What's yeah. Rev doing? How they got their model set. Because people want to have business meetings at your place in downtown. And I know you have other locations. You have one in River Ranch, uh, which is a great spot, too. It, it was the the lab, mm-hmm. who I think uh, a good friend of mine named Thomas, mm-hmm. who, who started it. And I think that was big news because uh, at that time, River Ranch was really starting to kind of blossom and grow. And then – but uh, – you know, with your original location in downtown Lafayette, uh, it has become just this, you know, spot that, you know, hipsters and 
cool people and business people just want to be mm. like, they may not even have a coffee. They might just have water, mm. but they want to be in an area that feels alive. And it has a lot of, it, 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 it's, it's almost reminiscent of like a New York kind of hangout. Like yeah. and you walking down the street and you see all these people like super busy and like drinking coffee and doing their, their normal day to day thing. It's like, it's, it's so different. Did you envision Rev being that? You can, you, you can tell me the truth if you want. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think. I mean, any anyone going in business, I think we we want to create a great space that is makes waves and stuff. But I don't think I, – I know I didn't think it was going to be kind of what it's becoming. And if, if it is even – it's still kind of jarring to hear that it's even it's, – it's like that or even considered that. It's still weird for me to, to hear that because uh, – um, uh, I'm still the the country boy from Eunice, you know, kind of yeah, thing in, in yeah, a way. I love um, it. Uh, so, like, you know, I'm just trying. I always tell people this. I'm just trying to make my stake in this world. It's it's really. A, I'm I'm just trying to create a great uh, environment and atmosphere, and and hopefully that it succeeds. I mean, when we made the move to Lafayette, Mosaic wasn't doing well. When we made the move downtown, it wasn't like we were doing well. We didn't have really the numbers. It wasn't like we were doing well, and that's why we moved. I made a decision because I love the downtowns of places and I love down Lafayette's downtown and I wanted to, uh, you know, have a kind of a, an explosive kind of an environment and I wanted to create a space that was unique. And I always have the saying that, you know, when I do consulting is that your, um, your customers will invest what you invest. So if you're not going to put in the effort and the investment, they're they're not going to take it serious, so to speak. And so for me, I, that's what I wanted for, for downtown. So it's kind of crazy to, you know, I still still kind of hear people say certain things. I mean, when we first opened there, people were saying we we're going to leave the shirt off our backs and this is not a good location and all these things like that. But because at the time, it didn't look like yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And so now people are moving into downtown and whenever they consider what part of, I mean, let's just be honest, Jefferson Street is the the pentacle of being in downtown. Like if yeah. you can get on Jefferson street, you, you quote unquote made it. And so when people look at Jefferson street and the, the, the landscape there's, you know, back then they didn't have a whole lot, but now you have, you know, where Spoonbill is, that's, that's really starting to blossom and rock and bull built right there. And then you kind of got the middle zone where Sola violins and uh, Tula and central and all them are. And then you kind of shift to where your side and now you're having a, uh, the the candle shop the bougie bar there mm-hmm. you have a, a, a I think a couple few salons right there and then a lot of that came after mm-hmm. you guys have moved into downtown which is you're you're kind of a catalyst for that area of downtown I mean I think that dog came into downtown on that side I mean directly across from you in that building that had been vacant for years and obviously they didn't now we see they didn't make it for whatever reason I I don't know the details behind that but you guys have helped downtown Lafayette become a lot of what people have wanted downtown Lafayette to become. Mm -hmm. And I know you didn't, you probably didn't see that or didn't have that, that, that I guess foresight, but it's, it's really amazing to see a lot of the people wanting to be around your coffee shop for whatever reason. I know the traffic and just, just the feel, maybe it's the smells. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure. You know, and and f- for me, a lot of 
almost every leap that I've ever done, there was a lot of, I would say, blinders. Uh, you know, on, I, I was just really focused on what I was doing. And, and, and that was it. Like I, it was just kind of my, my head in the ground, so to speak, you know, just doubling down on what I have to do and, and, and hope, hope for the best, you know, and, and just, in a, in a kind of naively, or is that even a word, uh, uh, believe <laughs> that it would work, you know, or that, you know, I would do whatever it takes to make it, make it work. And, you know, and, and um, had a vision, hopefully it was portrayed in that way. So it's still always great to hear. And, um, and I'm always still humbled to hear that, uh, you know, that we are the, you know, people saying that we were a catalyst. And I think some of it would just has to be right time too. you know, we, we were kind of lucky in that sense that we hit it at the right time where downtown was wanting more. And, and so, and just being a part of that, right. In the very beginning stages, I think was kind of a somewhat of a luck in, in a way. And, uh, so yeah, so I think it was like several stars aligning, you know, um, pieces. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you guys, uh, hit it out of the park as, uh, they say, um, so wanna, we're, we're approaching an hour here, and I want to kind of uh, fast-track a couple of some of the points that sure. uh, you have coming up. So in, in regards to uh, the future of Rev and you as an entrepreneur, uh, you you guys are doing a few other things. So you you obviously have more locations now. Yeah, I think you have, uh, is it Campus Grounds? Okay, mm-hmm. which is a great name because <laughs> – yeah, I mean, Thanks. it just makes sense. Uh, so you have Cafe Mosaic, you have Rev, you have Rev and River Ranch, uh, you have Gr- Coffee uh, Campus Grounds. What are the locations? Is that all the locations in Lafayette? That's all the locations in Lafayette, yeah. And then you expanded to Baton Rouge. Correct. Okay, and you still have that location, right? Correct. Yep. Okay, so is it five locations total? Five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you, s- you you sent me over some, some, some bullet points of different things that you guys have going on, and – a couple of them I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about, and you can, you know, touch on it as deeply or as uh, shallow as you want, but you started a real estate business mm-hmm. and the, 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 the name of it grounded real estate. I love it because everything revolves around coffee. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Hey, you know what? If it works, I love it. So tell me a little bit about like what, what, what was the thought process behind that? Like, that's that kind of feels like a um, like the 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 founder of not the founder I guess it's a founder I don't know it's weird with McDonald's mm-hmm. uh, being a real estate company versus being a restaurant mm-hmm. and so is that kind of your thought process is that where you're looking at it or what what made you guys want to get into real estate I, I think it's just it's just a it just evolved just like uh, with Mosaic, you know. I mean, I didn't plan on having more locations. I didn't plan on roasting. I didn't plan on getting any of this stuff. I think it just kind of evolved. Um, luckily, you know, I had uh, a father who gave me a lot of good business advice. Um, and, you know, he was always about you should own and, and stuff like that as much as you can. And so, you know, we bought the building downtown. So that was my first uh uh, kind of big purchase. Yeah. Big purchase of real estate, which I still didn't really grasp the idea behind it. Um, but I was like, okay, we own it. You know, that's, 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 you know, good, you know, kind of thing, but I didn't really think, okay, I was going to own more buildings or anything. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we had in our, you know, in the beginning with rev to possibly buy in, in our contract and stuff. And so I just, 
I started reading a lot of business books um, through all the years, and and one of the biggest business books I read was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that whole world of real estate started to kind of change for me, and I started getting really interested in real estate, and that's when I started trying to make as much as I purchased as I could, if I if I if I could, and then we actually at, during that time we actually opened up or bought a coffee shop in Appaloosa as well, Java Square was a shop that I was running as well, and then. We end up selling Java Square and then buying the building, and so we, we it's kind of like a uh, it's an old historical bank and it's awesome, beautiful building. Um, so I would just I kind of got in the right place, right place at the right time kind of situation when it comes to real estate. I'm not like actively looking in, in a way, but it just kind of started to transpire that way. And if you know if I could, I I do you know so yeah, okay yeah. So and then that's when we. Okay, well, if we're gonna do this, if I'm gonna, I am gonna purchase these buildings. I need to have a name, and so that's when Grounded Real Estates and then Campus Grounds was uh, a name because we wanted to open up at more campuses. And I was like, how can I make it franchisable at different campuses without actually naming it at each campus and kind of keeping it so that's right? Say campus Grounds. So uh, I guess in in the Campus Grounds era, so you don't have any other campus locations at this moment. No, it never really transpired um, more than just the beginning idea uh, behind it. And we had a couple of possibilities, and it just never kind of fell through. And campus was a hard business to run. I bet. I mean, opening through only only during uh, school hours and making that work. So that was kind of a tough situation. But um, I think six years now, seven years. Yeah. It's been, so it's been a while. And so you also started a te- uh, tech coffee equipment repair company. Yeah. Called uh, grounded real estate, uh, gr- uh, good grounds services. Good grounds, ser- <laughs> dude. I love it. I love it. Everything's coffee. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm guessing with that, the the local coffee shops that are around, you help service their equipment. Yeah, I think my tinkering mindset and you know having a starting in a job where it was a start and finish kind of situation with building cabinets. Um, I think I love trying to work on equipment and, and figure it out and fix it. And so all through the years I've learned bits and pieces of doing it. So I realized that there's not, a, there's no, no one that does it around here. So we, we decided to start, you know, uh, offering that. And so my cousin and I went in business together to start this. And so I, I kind of kickstarted it, fixing equipment. And we kind of did it on the side and telling people, hey, we could fix equipment, which we could, but we never really fully made it a business, but we just kind of did it as part of our services, and then we started the, the, the business. And so Jacob um, uh, is now kind of running it, and so, so yeah, so he fixes equipment. So that's something that we, we offshoot. That became an offshoot of just like the real estate situation. with yeah. coffee kind of was like an offshoot. I know. It all makes sense. So what doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> is this business venture – and is it sounds very franchisable, franchisable. Um, so this is a business that you guys have opened up called Everbowl, yep. which is an acai bowl and smoothie shop. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm thankful that I've seen this word before and I've I've heard it said. So because if you were to tell me to pronounce this word without knowing it, I would have been like okay, okay. You're right, right. So that's hard. Uh, obviously. Everbowl is not in Lafayette. Mm-mm. Where is Everbowl located, and what was what was the thought process behind that? Well, so we actually a while back wanted to open up a, a, 
partnered with another uh, shop that does this type of thing in, in California. It is, it's actually a franchise, this Everbowl situation. Okay. Um, and so uh, we actually, the first idea, first evolution of it wasn't a franchise, but we wanted to partner with these guys that were opening up a couple of these types of places and, and having a coffee element to it. Um, and, and probably about four years ago, I got really, really big into health and food and what we put in our bodies. And so I, I started for a lot of reasons why I jumped into the health, uh, world, um, you know, personal stuff and, and just wanting to, you know, have a healthier body and stuff like that. So that kind of kickstarted this whole situation because SIE is like super, you know, high in antioxidents and all this and other stuff like that. What is acai? What is that? It's a, like a berry. It's like, okay, a, got yeah. it. Um, uh, so, but, so yeah, so, um, so we thought about doing this and then my friend who was working with us at the time liked the idea as well. He wanted to start it. And so we kind of joined forces and then, you know, opened us this location in in Baton Rouge, uh, together. He's running it. Um, and it's kind of funny because Everbowl, even though it's not connected with Rev, so going with the whole, our coffee world. Ever is just spelled Rev backwards. Um, so stop, uh, <laughs> stop. Which, which was not, uh, which wasn't like necessarily the plan, but it's just like you know, it's it all, worked. It's all coming together. Wow. But yeah, and so yeah, we got some some plans with that situation, and and so yeah, that that was another kind of completely different in a way, but still kind of part of my passion, if you will, which is health. Um, and 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 wellness and all that good stuff. Um, it's very important. Um, and so that's that was part of this project. Where's Everbowl located? It's actually, four, like two doors down from our Rev location in in Willow Grove, right off of Perkins in Baton Rouge. Okay, Baton Rouge, yeah. yeah. I had a feeling it was probably in Baton Rouge because that that market probably seems like the better fit at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people in the comment sections of anytime I write about a a new restaurant, especially if it's a high fatty fried restaurant. Um, they always ask, why can't we get, m- uh, more healthier options here? And I usually comment with something funny or snarky. I'm like, honestly, people like brown food here. So right. yep. everything Cajuns. we eat is brown. It's fried mm-hmm. or it's, it's, it's dark. It's rude. It's, it's, it's all based around gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would it take? I guess, what would you have to see to try to bring this to Lafayette? Like, or would it be a particular location in Lafayette? Like, do you feel like would grasp it better? Like, is there a plan to bring it to Lafayette? Like, what are the hopes for that? For Everbowl? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there's talks uh, oh, with us doing that. Um, so, uh, kind of oddly en- enough with that situation, um, we, uh, we, Actually got into the franchise right before Drew Brees bought into it, so Drew Brees bought the Drew Brees is in everything. Right, he he is, and so he bought the Louisiana territory. So okay. any story opens up, he's part of that franchise in, in a way. So we're actually, um, you know, going to be trying to work with uh, him and his team to have more stores possibly, and um, so that's kind of I don't even know how much I even should say of that, but uh, <laughs> um, but. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, let's just uh, cut that one short. I get it. All right, man. Look, I I love the story. Uh, I love the the direction that uh, you guys are going. Um, you guys are great owners and great entrepreneurs and uh, people that I think a lot of 
entrepreneurs in Lafayette, especially in the coffee world, look up to and, you know, aspire to kind of, for lack of better words, emulate mm -hmm. the, the, the processes and kind of the, the feel that you guys have created in the, the coffee scene in Lafayette. So uh, kudos to you guys for doing that. And Chris Pickle, correct? Yes. Yeah, correct. I, I love that name. Um, you guys are doing great things. And uh, I, I'm not going to go into all the different awards and uh, accolades that you have because there, there, there are several but uh, you you guys have done great things, and I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come out and I talk. I appreciate you. Uh, let me be a part of it. This is awesome. I really, yeah. really appreciate it. So is there anything that we haven't said before we close out and let people go that you guys want to talk about? Um, uh, stay tuned. We've got a lot of cool things coming. So, um, yeah. So just keep, uh, keep watching on our social media to see what's going on. All right. Look, I love it. And uh, always a little teaser there. So that's uh, that's good, man. Look, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys do next. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. And you can uh, listen to the audio version of the podcast as well on any of the podcast services that you use. So if you use Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, there's there's. Uh, I think Alexa, I think Amazon Alexa were on there. So if you want to listen to this episode and all the other ones that we've done, you can. Or if you just want to watch them, we have our YouTube channel, The Tea Podcast. It's our purple logo. And then also you can go to our Facebook page, The Tea Podcast, as well, and watch the video there. And, uh, yeah, so uh, check it out. And uh, we really appreciate, appreciate you guys listening. And so that is it. Again, thank you. Nathaniel, for coming on. Uh, that's it.